I just saw Jesus and he's walking. And he comes to a person. And he just reaches inside of them and he takes their heart. And just by his touch, that heart is healed. And it's not a physical thing. It's been a hurting heart, a heart that has been emotionally broken but all it takes is one touch and that is what he is doing in you right now for whoever needs that he's just reaching inside Let him, just let him heal you, let him heal your heart, let him touch you, let him be the one that restores you, that gives you life again, life again, oh that is what he's doing, he's breathing life again, life again into your heart, oh Jesus. You know, he's a healer. You know, he's the one that can do it. You know, it's all, it's all Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Jesus, have your way. Oh, have your way, oh Lord. Oh, have your way, oh Lord. Oh, work in this place, King Jesus. Oh, Lord. Touch every heart, just as you're speaking, love. Touch every heart, touch every heart, even those watching. Oh, it's all about you, love. It's all about you, Jesus. If you're in this place, you're watching and your ears don't work the way they should. There's healing for you today. Just lay hands on that ear or those ears. Just lay hands on that ear or those ears that need healing. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. I say ears be open now in Jesus' name. Be healed now in Jesus' name. You will no longer be hard of hearing. I speak healing life to you. I speak healing life to that ear. It will function properly again. Even now from this moment forward. Speak healing to those ears. Healing to that ear in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Your healing power and your life flowing. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you are God. And I hear the heart question of some people saying, what's going on, what's happening? The Lord would say to you that he's even going to do greater things than these. 
that he is beginning to move upon his entire body, not just one or two. That wherever you go and wherever you walk, as you step out in boldness according to his direction, you will see people healed all around you. It'll be heart healings. It'll be physical healings. You will walk in a boldness that you've not known before. And all the intimidation and the anxiety that would try and rise up normally. It will be a thing of the past. For there will be a boldness that comes upon us that comes from the throne room of God. A boldness that comes only from the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And he is beginning to increase these days, increase the numbers. The times when he begins to ask us these things. And he said, do not be shocked and do not be surprised. For these are just the beginnings. These are just the beginnings. Oh, so great. So wondrous are the things he has for us. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. And do not doubt these things. Do not say in your heart, but God can't use me. For he has already purposed to use you. All you have to do is say yes. And this calls for all those who will hear and heed. And so everyone in this place right now, every need that you have, every need that you have, he is here. What prevents you from receiving from the king of glory? What what prevents you today from receiving everything you need from him? He freely gives it. He freely gives it. Jesus. So right now, just lift your hands up to heaven. And you receive what you need from the Lord. For he is not withholding it from you. He is not withholding it from you. Yes, Lord. Healing manifest to every body and every mind and every heart. Jesus. Whenever we go into worship, there's always the opportunity just to stay there um, because it's so amazing. It's so precious. It's so wonderful. And I was just sitting up there and we were praying and the presence is just so peaceful, right? But I really felt like God wanted me to bring this word tonight, so I'm just going to do that. What's amazing about following the leading of the Holy Spirit is that we're not in charge. So we just yield to him. That's our job. Our job is not to be the best singers or the best at everything Our job is to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And that's not just for preachers or worship team people. It's reaching every one of us. I think a lot of things will get cleared up in the body of Christ. If people would stop trying to figure everything out to the detail and just really flow in their relationship with the Lord and let him lead them. 
Last May, the Lord um, began just telling me, get ready, get ready, get ready. And to be honest with you, at the time, I was like, okay, I, I feel like I'm get, I've been getting ready my whole life. I feel like it's been, um, you know, over 25 years of just being in ministry somehow and just wanting God and just pushing into him. And so when God says, get ready, you're like, okay, well, what does that mean? But I know that it wasn't just for me. I know that when he said, get ready, he was talking to the entire body of Christ. He was talking to those who would love his appearing, those who would have ears to hear. He is wanting us to get ready. And it's not just me that he's speaking to. I know that there's been words coming out over the last several years of just what he wants to do in the end times and what he wants to do in our midst and what he wants to do with us. And he's saying, get ready, get ready. If you're one that wants it, you need to get ready. Um, I was just this week, I was just pondering and thinking on the Lord and what kept rising up within me is that verse in Revelations 12, which we're going to go to later, not right now, where it says they loved not their lives unto the death. That just kept just repeating, repeating, repeating in me. And I knew it's what God wanted me to share tonight. Really, do we love our lives unto the death? What do, what do we think about our life? What do we think about this natural life? How much are we attached to it? See, part of getting ready is realizing that this this earth and everything here is just a vapor. You know, I was talking with Elaine. I said, you know, like, the world is nothing for me. It's not that I don't enjoy some things in the world. Trust me, I like to go shopping, you know. I like some things, but it, there's no lasting joy. You get something that you've been wanting, let's say, and the next day, it's but a vapor, right? The joy only lasts for a moment. But the things of eternity last forever. They last forever and forever and forever. We need to get ready because God is coming back for a pure and spotless bride. And we're not there yet. And it's not for good intentions. I believe we all have good intentions toward the Lord. I believe we all want to serve him. I believe we all want to come to a place where we can say, yes, Lord, I'm dead to this world. This world is nothing, nothing in me. The dispensation we are in right now is different than the one that was 20 years ago. It's different than the one that was 100 years ago. It's different than the one that, you know, in Genesis, let's say, think of Adam and Eve when God said, be fruitful and multiply. There's no one on the earth. They needed people. And then Jesus' warning in Matthew 24 seems to contradict that. It doesn't. It's just a different dispensation, a different time. He says, you know, woe unto you if you're pregnant and nursing in those days. Why? It's, it's a different dispensation. It's, it's going to be hard. There's things that are going to be hard in the natural, but are we strong in the spirit? Does the world have nothing in us? Are we ready spiritually for the return of the Lord? You know, we're his bride, and he wants to come back for us. This is part of what he is doing in our midst. This is why he wants us to come into places of worship like this. Pastor was talking about that this morning. To worship him, to seek his face, to realize that you don't have to wait for a pastor or some worship person or some leader to do something, but you can pursue him now, today, for yourself. And you can go out and be a world changer regardless of what anyone says or does. You just pursue the Lord and he begins to lead you. And these are the days actually that we are, that we are flowing in. 
But because there's different dispensations, there's also different instructions for each dispensation. And so what are our instructions? What are the end time instructions? Now, I believe we're that we're in the end times, or at least we're in the beginning of sorrows. That doesn't necessarily, I don't know how long that means, okay? But I mean, we see signs here and there, and the Lord says, you know, watch, watch the signs. I don't know how long the beginning of sorrows is. But I know we're, we're heading into that end. We're heading into that time. One of our instructions in this dispensation is to watch and pray. You know, Jesus said that a lot, didn't he? He said it in Matthew 24. He said it in Luke 21. He said, watch and pray. And we're not going to go there because you know the verse. You know, you know the passage that, he, that, that I'm talking about, but pray. God is doing something in prayer. He is rising us up in a place of prayer like never before. I don't believe it's a, a coincidence that all those years ago, Pastor Dave began to teach. God began to show him about tongues, and then we all kind of, you know, grabbed onto that and what that does for us. And then we began to teach on tongues and prayer. Because it was getting lost in the body of Christ. People didn't know why they were doing it. I mean, I grew up in church knowing that I could pray in tongues, but didn't know why. Didn't know I could anytime I wanted to. Didn't know what it did for me. Didn't know that it brought the revelation of, of the word of God alive to me. Didn't know that the Holy Spirit was praying the perfect prayer through me and purging me. Didn't know all that stuff. There's a place of prayer and worship right now that God is calling us to. That is so powerful, so pertinent. It was something that we really need to take seriously. The thing about watching, it's like this. Have you guys ever heard that saying, your ear to the ground? Put your ear to the ground. I looked that up the other day. It started in the 1800s and they were, you know, they had to be aware of anyone that was coming. They put their ear to the ground to hear like the hoofbeats of the horses, see if people were coming. Or like if the train was coming or anything like that, that's what they do. They would hear like the vibration. They feel the vibration. They would kind of hear it in the earth. When we watch, it's we have our ear to the spirit. That's the difference between, you know, a natural analogy and what God wants to do. What, what God is saying is that we have to have our ear to the spirit. We have to be so attuned to what he's doing. We have to hear when he says go left and go right. We have to know him that closely. Another thing we have to do in this dispensation is we have to be pure and spotless. And I started to say that. You know, First Peter, he's quoting from Leviticus, but it says, Be holy, for I am holy. God is wanting us to walk into a holiness. And I know that for so long, holiness was like a bad word in the body of Christ. I, don't, I didn't grow up knowing the bad part of holiness. But I do hear people saying, Oh, the holiness movement. And, it's, and what happened was, Men attached legalism onto righteous living and condemned people. And so people kind of get this bad taste in their mouth, but guess what? Holiness is right, and it's something that God wants. Holiness is really just living a righteous lifestyle according to his word and his plans. It's not a bad word. I believe what happened was way back in the day, because the holiness movement came out of the Pentecostal movement, which is a lot of Holy Spirit stuff. And what happens when you start getting more of God? Everything of the world becomes dim, becomes nothing. And so all these people, they started like not doing all the things they did before. They stopped going to dances and they stopped playing cars and they stopped doing all these things. And they did it because their heart was like, I love you, God, and I need nothing else. 
You know, I don't want anything else in my life. But then the next generation came and their hard attitude was not the same. They didn't have the same experiences and yet they still had all these rules. They had, you know, they felt like it was rules like, well, I can't do all this stuff. All that really happened is the hard attitude changed. One person was doing it out of a heart for God saying, you know what, Lord, I don't need any of this. And the next generation, the next generation, they just took all of the things that they weren't doing and they made it legalism and they made like a religion out of it. But their heart was far from God. So it seemed like, you know, this new religion was formed. But see, true holiness is not someone who's always trying to push the line. Like, how close can I get to the sin? How close can I get to things that are allowable? True holiness says, God, I love you and I just want to worship you and I don't need all that stuff. Do you see the difference? We're to be holy. That's part of the dispensation we're in. We're to be holy for he is holy. He's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. That means holiness. Now, these are things that we can't just do on our own. It's not about will worship, okay? It's not about I'm just going to do this and that's all there is to it. Yes, I believe there are decisions we can make and we say, you know, I'm not going to sin anymore. But when you walk into a true holiness, it's because your heart is so enraptured with him. It's so engulfed by him, you just don't care. I mean, even pastors have been talking, don't be surprised if you stop watching TV altogether. Not because, why? why? Why does he say that? I think sometimes people hear these things and they go, you know what? Uh, this is crazy. Who can do this? Who can do these things? Does that sound familiar? But it's not, he's not telling you you can't watch TV. What he's saying is don't be surprised because the more you push into God, the desire goes away. And maybe it's not TV for you. Maybe it's something else. Those things begin just, they don't have a hold on you the same way. They don't have a hold on me the same way. Another thing that this dispensation requires is for us to put more emphasis on eternity than on this natural life, on being obedient to the Lord no matter the cost. And in 1 Kings 22, we're not going to go there, but you can be turning to Acts 4 while I tell you about the story. This is the account where King Ahab is... Um, he wants to go against, uh, in, in to, to war against the king of Syria. And Jehoshaphat is over there visiting him, which I don't know why, because Jehoshaphat apparently loved the Lord, and Ahab was one of the most evil kings, so I don't know why he was over there, but he's over there rubbing shoulders with him. Bad move. He actually got into some trouble for being close to him at one point. But Ahab starts asking the, you know, the prophets, uh, you know, should I go into battle? Should I go into battle? But, they're all like, yeah, go, go, go into battle. God's with you. And Jehoshaphat's there and he's like, wait, isn't there like one godly prophet that can give you a word? You know, like, let's make sure before we go into battle that God is in this. So he knew that he knew that these prophets were not actually God's, God's prophets. And King Ahab's like, yeah, there's one. His name's Micaiah. But he always prophesies. I hate him, it says. The Bible says, I hate him because he always prophesies evil against me. So let me get this straight. You want to go into battle upon the word of false prophets. Like, isn't that pretty costly? Why would you do that? He wanted. He surrounded himself, himself with people who told him what he wanted to hear. That very much sounds like the church today. 
You know, tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I want to hear. That's what King Ahab was doing. So Micaiah, at first, he goes up to him and he says, yeah, yeah, you know, saying what all the other prophets are saying. He's like, yep, go into battle. And then Ahab's like, wait, haven't I told you to tell me the truth kind of thing? So he said, well, you're not going to come back from this. You're going to die there. And Ahab's like, see, I told you. He never prophesies good to, to me. It's always evil. And so he, he wants to throw him in prison. And he's like, he's telling the people, put him in prison until I come back. Micaiah doesn't stop there. He's like, if you ever come back, God hasn't told me that. You're, bas- you're going to die there. I mean, if we're there, we're kind of like, shut up, man. You already made it really bad on yourself. It's re- I mean, just keep your mouth closed. Keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything. But see, he didn't love his life unto the death. He was willing to be obedient to the Lord no matter the cost. And you know what? Let's put that into our daily life here. Do you know, sometimes I'm in a situation, I'm in a store, I'm talking to a person, I'm at an appointment, and in my heart I know, I like you, if you start being aware, you'll know the moments when you can talk to people about the Lord, when you can minister to them, when you can witness to them. So, I'm in situations, and in my heart I go, okay, Lord, like I know, in my head and my heart, I'm like, I know the cost of this before going in. I know the cost can mean whatever. Let's say you're an appointment. You're with your hairstylist. Well, they can mess your hair up pretty bad. I'm serious. Not Barry, but <laughs> he's pointing at us said no. What if you're with family members and you know in your heart that saying what you say, not just because you're spewing, but because... God has told you, I want you to minister to them. You have a choice. We have a choice in that moment. Do we love our life more, this life, more than our eternal life? More than eternity, more than the kingdom, more than obedience to him? Hmm. You guys at Acts 4? You there, yeah? This is the story where Peter and John, they had just healed the, 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 the lame man. And then they were preaching in the name of Jesus and they got thrown into prison. In holding, it says, which is really just, you know, a part of the prison. Huh. So then they say, okay, listen, you're not allowed to teach anymore in this name. And they're like, well, <laughs> you decide whether or not we should listen to you or, or, or God. We're going to listen to God. Pick it up in verse 19. Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. So all the people were glorifying God because the lame man was healed. And they couldn't really come against it, so they didn't throw them into prison. But here's the thing. Peter and John were willing to go to prison. They were willing to be thrown back into prison. They were willing to be tortured. They were willing even to die for the gospel. They didn't love their lives unto the death. Turn to 2 Corinthians. 
Paul certainly didn't love his life unto death. Second Corinthians chapter 11. This is, he, he, he lists, there's a list here of all the things that Paul has gone through, the cost of the gospel. And it's astounding. Most of us will go through one of these things and quit. Okay? Verse 24 of Second Corinthians 11 says, Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. You know in Acts chapter 27 when he talks about the shipwreck? That was only one of the times. Think about it. Most people, do you know anyone who's been in a shipwreck? Once? Three times, he says. A night and a day I've been in the deep. That's actually kind of scary to be in the deep, the ocean, or, or you know, a big body of water. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. That's almost worse than all the rest of it. Your own countrymen are coming against you. In perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So not only does he have all this stuff happening outside, he's caring for all the churches, he's working with all the churches, and trust me, when you begin to work in church, you see problems in a new light, because there's always something happening. Okay, he says, who is weak and I am not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? Meaning, he deals with unforgiveness, he deals with offenses, and he's got to let it go just like everyone else. He deals with things that he knows, well, I'm not very strong in, and he's got to get through it. But he says, if I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. This list to me is just crazy. It cost Paul so much to give the gospel. It cost him so much to be obedient to the Lord. But again, he did not love his life unto the death. And this is what God is asking of us. We always talk about the book of Acts. We want to get back to that that book of Acts church, you know, because they, they flowed in power and gifts and healings and all this sort of thing. But you know what they also flowed in? Persecution. Do you guys realize that that is coming? I'm telling you, it's coming. I don't know what it's going to be like. I'm not saying we're going to be shipwrecked in the, in the deep, but persecution is increasing. In fact, the Bible says that, in, that the latter rain will be greater than the former rain. So we're going to do all these awesome things. We're going to see all this awesome stuff. But we have such a responsibility to stay strong in the Lord. Part of the reason there's such a grace right now for prayer and worship and getting strong in God. Why? Because for all the things that we're asking of God, we need to be able to combat the persecution that comes with it. You think enemies, the enemy is just going to sit back and go, okay, yeah, fine, whatever. No, the way he attacked the early church is the way he's going to attack us. Not to mention if we don't have control of our own flesh. There's a grace now to pray, guys. There's a grace now to worship. There's a grace to know the word. And we have to say yes to it. The, the grace is that strength to be able to say, yes, Lord. Yes, God, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to push into you like never before. Trust me, it's hard. Sometimes my own flesh, like I know, I'm like, I, I choose stuff like I'll choose to. Just because I, just because I think it's a, a smart thing to do. I on, on purpose turn off the TV or I on purpose don't do what I want to do in the moment. And make my flesh do something that's godly. And my flesh initially is like, it's all upset. Right? But I have to. Because what if I can't make it now, when there's not the end time persecution that comes with the end time glory, that comes with the end time power, if I can't even say no to my flesh now, 
for the little things and go pray for half an hour or go worship or turn something off. Like secular music, there's a lot of great secular songs and I'm not saying you can't listen to it, but you know what? Especially for me, my mind will constantly be singing. You know what song I want in my head? One that worships God. So even though once in a while I do listen to secular music, mostly I don't, not because it's evil, but because I want my mind to be on things of God. That's it. See, so a lot of things are just about shifting our mindsets to go, you know what? This is maybe allowable, but it's not profitable. This isn't profitable to my spiritual growth, to me standing strong. We will never die the death if we can't even die the little deaths. If we can't say no to our flesh to pray. But the, every time we say no, every time we die those little deaths, every time we pray, every time we worship, every time we forgive, every time we give when God says give, every time we speak when he says go and speak, all those little deaths that happen because of your obedience to the Lord. I'm not talking about suffering for stupidity. I'm talking about the things that you know to grow in the spirit. Every time you say no, all those little deaths, it builds in you more and more so that you can die the death. Go to Revelations 12, that verse I was talking about at the beginning. This verse, I know a lot of people use it. Some people out of context, it doesn't matter. Revelation 12, verse 11. This is talking about the end time church. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about being these Christians that are, that are overcomers in the end times. Okay, it's what it says. And they overcame him, talking about the enemy, by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. And that lives there is talking about their natural life. Are you willing to give up your life, your natural life, for the gospel? And I'm not up here preaching that everyone must die and drink the Kool-Aid. That's not it. What I'm saying is, do you love God? Do you honor Him? Do you, do you so believe in Him and so know that He is the way, the truth, and the life that even if it meant physical death, you would willingly lay it down? That's what this is talking about. So glad Pastor was talking about the blood of the Lamb this morning because sometimes people get this one and they kind of go wild with it. But the blood of the Lamb is really just, we have a better covenant with the Lord. And it's sealed in the blood of Jesus Christ and not in bulls and goats. You know, that's what the blood of the Lamb is. The word of the testimony, what is that? The testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that He is, we, we stick to this. We love this. We love the Word of God. We allow it to lead our lives. We want to live it. They overcame Him. They overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of the testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. I believe our flesh isn't noted in here because by this point, your flesh should be dead. Should, can, I want to say, like, you know in um, Galatians 6, we've been reading Galatians, right? Everyone's been reading Galatians. Paul says, I am crucified to the world and the world to me. This is my prayer. I, I want to be so crucified to this world that it doesn't matter. You know, and time believers will be strong in the Lord. They will count this earthly life as less than the next life. They will love not their lives unto the death. They will know who they are in Christ. They will understand the blood. They will understand his word. They will care more about the harvest than any earthly comfort. One of the things I've been saying lately is I say, Lord of the harvest, 
send workers into your fields to reap for your kingdom, Lord. He is the Lord of the harvest. That is his heart. He said 2,000 years ago, it's ripe. It hasn't changed. The harvest is ripe. And the end time believers will care more about the harvest than their earthly comforts, than, than their vacations, than their, you know, and it's not wrong again to do all these things, but what I'm saying is like, when you balance it all out, you're gonna, see, I think there's a day coming when you take your vacation time to spend it in prayer. You know? Again, not wrong to, I love being on a beach, it's like, I love it. Are you willing to spend that, to spend that part of your life on prayer, on seeking God? The end time believers will truly love God and they will love people. And they will learn to count the sufferings of the gospel as something to attain to and not run from. Can you imagine having that mindset? Like Paul says, he wanted the fellowship, the sufferings of Christ. Every time something goes wrong, we want to run. But end time believers say, nope, I'm running into it. Different mindset. God's getting us there. He is. He's getting us there. But the grace is now to seek him. You know, any one of us can make a decision. Every one of us can say, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray more or whatever. But you know what? Every day we have to decide to do it. That's why Paul says, I die daily. It's because every single day, the follow-through, the stick that's the hard part. The not quitting. The saying, yes, God, I'm going to seek you. Yes, God, I'm going to pray. Yes, God, I'm going to worship. Learn how to worship at home. What we did tonight here is available to you at home. It's not because we're a worship team. Like Pastor Jim said this morning, there's an anointing on praise and worship that we need to tap into more and more. And tonight it was like it just bathed over us. It was just washing over us, right? You can have that at home. Seriously. So you can't sing. You know, there, come see me later. I'll tell you some good sites. I put on music that, like, just music like synth sounds kind of like what Alice is doing right now so that you're, you're not distracted you know and all the noises you hear and the dogs barking in the neighborhood and everything okay just drowns it out a bit and you can just spend time and you just I love you Jesus I love you Lord I love you Lord I love you I love you Lord even now say that say that I love you God I worship you Lord I worship you Lord and you just sense you know his I mean you just sense his presence immediately even when you don't sense it, you keep doing it anyway, knowing that your words don't fall on deaf ears. Last verse, let's go to 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9. This is where Paul's talking about how, you know, even he has to keep his body. Even he has to keep himself basically stirred up. Because again, it's easy to make the initial decision. To do something, it's, it, it can be hard to follow through, but we've got to follow through. So 1 Corinthians 9, starting at verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so I fight, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. This is the same Paul who was shipwrecked three times, who was beaten, 
who was stoned to death and brought back to life, who paid all these costs, and he said, I don't want to lose it at the end. We cannot quit, guys. We can't quit. We can be a part of the end-time army and a part of the end-time harvest and the things that God is doing, but we must get ready. All these things, all the things that, that we're taught here, all the things that we know to do, the keys to maturity, we have to take it seriously. We really do. God has just impressed upon me so much recently. Like if we don't understand, if we don't, if we don't do what we know to do, not just agree with it here tonight, but if we don't do it, we're not going to be able to stand. And that's, I'm not saying that that means you're going to hell. What I'm saying is you're not, we're not going to know how to keep standing, how to die the big deaths if we don't start taking this stuff seriously now. And I don't know about you, but I want to be someone who's strong in the body of Christ for him, for his glory. I want God to be able to use this generation to do what he wants to do because we take him seriously and we take him at his word. And you know that each and every one of us can be like a kingdom shaker. We can be a we can be someone that God can use if we don't quit, if we don't lose heart, if we prepare now. And so I, I want you to make those decisions, and I want to make those decisions every day. Make the decision, I'm going to pray. Lord, I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to, I'm going to press into you like I've never done before. Stop playing with God. Stop playing. Stop playing. Lord, help us, Lord. Help us. Help us, God. There's so much more. There's so much more that we need to enter into and walk into. But he's giving us time to get this part. But see, we're coming into a new dispensation. Remember that word at the beginning? Don't be left behind. I'm not saying like the movies and the rapture. I'm saying come come with the growing. Let's go into what he's doing next. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do and give him freedom to do so. Lord, I don't want to play church, God. Lord, I don't want to play church. You are an all-consuming fire, Lord. And we ask for your fire, God. We ask that you would pour your spirit in ways that we have never seen before, Lord. Knowing that is your heart, Lord, you want to. So we prepare ourselves, Lord, to, to receive from you and also to do everything that you speak to us. Everything that you say, Lord, to walk in that place of yieldedness and obedience have our ear to the Spirit to know what you are doing, God. To not just sing pretty songs, but to live them. And Father, I pray right now for this church, for everyone watching, for your people, Lord, that you would increase in us, Lord, a desire for you to spend time with you and fellowship with you in your presence, Lord, knowing you and loving you. That we would stop rebelling against you.
Lord, we say we love you. And Lord, we want only you. Only you, God. Only you. And so, Lord, I know, Father, that you are pleased with, with what we have done so far, but you're asking us for so much more. And we say yes to you tonight, Lord. We say yes to you, Lord. Have your way in us, God. Have your way in us, Lord. You are our Father. You are our God. There is no other, Lord. Jesus, we praise you, Lord. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. Just begin to tell him tonight. Just begin to tell him tonight. Just begin to worship him. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you, Lord. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, God. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you for who you are. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We worship. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Praise you, God. Praise you. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, what an honor it is to know you. And I thank you, God, that you are increasing our stamina. Because there are times coming, Lord, when we will be hours with you in the corporate setting. So I thank you, Father. We just give you all the praise and the glory for what you've done tonight, what you're continuing to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.